have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to go with me uh, to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And if you don't, that's all right. It will be up on the screen uh, behind us. You know, here at The Well, we like to do things a little bit different. And uh, we've been in this series for the past uh, three weeks, tonight being the fourth week of this series, that we've kind of gone uh, almost away from Christmas, so to speak. It's, as you can see in the back, it says a not-so-Christmas series. And what we've really tried to do around here over the past three weeks is just take a moment to take the mass out of Christmas and just once again focus in on Christ. And I know for some of us that's difficult, uh, depending on your background and depending on where it is that you're coming from, from a, from a faith perspective, so many stories and so many uh, backgrounds and places of faith being represented here tonight. For some of us, we've been in church our entire life. For many of us, uh, not so much and, and everything in between. And what we've decided to do during this series is just take these weeks leading up to tonight, tomorrow morning, to just stop and pause. How many of you like to just take a, a moment to stop and pause for a second, right? And say, what is, what's the deal with this all? And tonight, I want to finish out this series by not reading you from, not reading the, uh, the nativity story, not even necessarily talking about Jesus in a manger, although we know that story, and many of us have seen that on Hallmark cards or in nativities in people's living rooms and, and, and window seals. But I want, to, I want to focus in on this issue of peace. Erica was talking about that a few moments ago, the peace that comes in through Jesus. And I think one of the most profound pieces of scripture regarding this issue of peace is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And so we're going to read this tonight. And it says, this is Paul the Apostle writing, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Do we have any reasonable people in here? Have you noticed when you drive past the mall, there is no reasonable people whatsoever? Insanity, all right? Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. That's a word for somebody tonight. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then watch this. What happens when this happens? And the peace of God. Come on, somebody. The peace of God, which surpasses, watch what it does. It surpasses all understanding. And it guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to write, finally, brothers, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything, what things? Anything. Some things? No. All things. Anything. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And then watch what happens again. It's the book into it, right? And the God of peace will be with you. So as we stand on the eve of Christmas, and as we close out this series, Christmas, I want to speak to you from the subject practicing peace. Practicing peace. As we look at the advent of Christ and the peace that is found in him. Will you pray with me just one more time this evening? Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that it's alive, that it's active, that it's powerful, that it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. And God, while we've put on for many of us, our Sunday's best. We know that all of us come to you in this moment broken, hurting, stuff going on, issues, circumstances. And so while we may look like right now we've got it all together, God, you know our hearts, you know our situations. And so it's in that that we simply say to you, have it all. Do what it is that you will in our hearts and our minds and our lives tonight. God, I thank you for every single person that sits in this building right now and who will sit in this building across the rest of our services this evening. I pray that you would bring comfort. 
I pray that you would bring hope. I pray that you would bring ultimately peace into all of our lives. We love you. We worship you. and We celebrate you this evening. The author of all of this, the reason for all of this, we give it over to you. We say have your way in this place. Our hearts are open. Our ears are listening. Speak to us now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said amen. Chris back here is going to give us the mood music because it's Christmas and you got to have a little back there. I love this man right here. Um, I had an interesting moment take place this week, something that I never thought would happen in my life. Um, a question was proposed to me that, like I said, I, I never saw it coming. It kind of came out of left field and I was in the barbershop this week and getting a fresh haircut for the Christmas Eve services and after my hair was done, the barber asked me, would you like to have your ears waxed? Some of you are frustrated that I'm talking about this right now on Christmas Eve. It's okay, deal with it. <laughs> and so I had this moment that, that scared me. Um, because apparently, your hair leaves this area and grows in other areas. And this is now happening to me. I have now crossed the threshold of middle-aged them. Um, so at first I was taken back. I was appalled. I wanted to punch the barber. And, um, and then I stopped for a moment and I said, well, how much is it? And he said, it's free. And I was like, well, yeah, of course, let's do this. And so, and so the, the barber came over and it actually wasn't my barber. Uh, he's a really good barber. I've been going, but it was his, this other barber that, that he has. And it was a, it was a she. And he's like, I don't do the waxing thing. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So she came over and, and, uh, and she put these, the, the, she like gooped it like with stuff. And it was like this black wax. Apparently that's what you have to do in like a, a man waxing station is make it black and it'll be, you know, more manly and, and everything like that. It didn't smell like anything. It was just good. And uh, some of you are like, where are we going with Christmas and waxing? And, and just follow me for a minute. So she sticks the first one in. And it was weird, guys. Like, this was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so I texted my wife, and uh, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm getting my ears waxed right now. <laughs> and then I sent her a picture. Um, and then something happened. The first one goes in, and she comes back, and she's like, are you ready for the, for the second one? And I was like, well, yeah. You're not going to do one, because that's going to be strange. And she's like, this is about to change your world. <laughs> I was like, okay. So she stuck the second one in. And it changed my world. And this is how. It was in that moment with two popsicle sticks with black wax in them in my ears, all of a sudden everything went quiet. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear the other customers. I couldn't, I couldn't hear the people walking in. I couldn't hear the traffic on 7th that my barbershop's right. I couldn't hear anything. And it was in this moment, it all went away. It disappeared. Like it was gone for a second, two seconds, three seconds until it firmed up. And then she grabbed him out of my ears and my life was over at that point because that stuff hurts. That was, that was rough. <laughs> and it was in that moment this week while getting my ears waxed, I experienced what Jesus is trying to bring to all of our lives. And that is a moment of peace. It was peace, y'all. It was good. Everything was gone. I forgot about my, my frustrations. I forgot about my fears. I forgot about the anxiety, all the, like all the people. It was all gone. And I think that's something that we're all searching for, especially in this season. 
When everything is fast-paced and hectic and somewhat out of control, we look for calm, controlled, and collected. And the problem is, is that we rarely, if ever, find it. But here's the amazing truth for all of us tonight. Peace has come. The advent, the coming of Jesus, the arrival of peace that we all have been searching for. And we've been looking for peace in all the wrong places. Looking for it in the places that can't give it to us. And over the past three weeks here at the well, we've attempted to refocus the season that we find ourselves in. In week one, we dealt with the issue of simplicity and living a life that's not complex. What Jesus offers us in grace is not complicated at all, but we make it complicated, right? In week two, we talked about radical generosity and that generosity in our lives is only possible when we've experienced generosity from the one who has given us the greatest gift ever to be given. Week three, we focused on what contentment looks like and how to experience. And tonight, Christmas Eve, it's peace. The peace that is found in and through Jesus, the peace that changes everything. And so with the remainder of our time together tonight, before we close, before we light our candles, we'll get to that in a few moments. I want to I look at what the peace of God is and what it does in our lives. Because there's some powerful truths right here in Philippians chapter 4 that we need to understand about peace. Because once again, we can talk about this subject matter. We can say, oh, peace. Peace is great. Like, are we talking like, like peace on earth or peace in my heart or just peace, man? Like, what are we talking about when we talk about peace? And Paul offers us some amazing and profound truths about what peace is when it is connected to Jesus, the one who authors peace, the one who gives peace. As Pastor Eric was talking the, the prince of peace. Prince of Peace. And so we're going to look quickly at a couple things that peace is. The first one, can you help me out tonight on this Christmas Eve? Can everybody shout number one for me? The first thing that peace is, is that the peace of God is a divine peace. It's a divine peace. Watch what Paul says. He says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And he goes, and the peace of God. The peace of God. It is peace that belongs to him. It is God-authored and therefore a divine peace. We do not receive a peace that is generic or mundane, impersonal or without power, but rather a peace that is authored by the word that holds all things together. It is given by the one who gives us breath, authored creation and put the stars in the sky. We don't receive peace from stuff and things, power or prestige, fame or accolade. The peace that we receive from God is an everlasting peace. It's a powerful peace. It's a peace that resides in our soul and calms us when everything else is crazy and chaotic. It's a divine peace. It's special. I love this idea is that it's a peace rather that is completely dependent upon the reliable, sustaining, and never-changing nature and character of God. The Bible tells us, and we talked about this last week, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the peace that is authored by Him, the peace that is found in and through Jesus, is a peace that's sustainable because it's anchored in the one who never changes. So tonight, I don't know what you're searching for. I don't know what brought you in here tonight. Maybe tonight, your family tricked you. They said you were going to Chuck-a-Rama. Because <clears throat> guys, let's be honest, if they told me that, I'd be going. So, 
then you showed up to church, this place called The Well, and you walk in here and you, what is this place, what is going on? Tonight I want you to know that there's a peace that we have in and through Jesus, and it's a divine peace. The second thing, come on over to shot number two. Second thing we understand about peace according to this scripture is the peace of God is a transcendent peace. It's a transcendent peace. Watch what, watch what it says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I love that. Which surpasses all understanding. I think that life hands us our fair share of things we simply don't understand. Come on, somebody. Right? There's a lot of things in life, like cats, we don't understand. Like it doesn't make sense. Unexpected loss, sickness and disease, injustice and hatred, not to mention all the things that personally stack themselves up against us in our lives. The things that are at times simply beyond, come on, have you ever been there? When it's beyond my comprehension? It doesn't make sense, and I know that I've talked with people, so many people in this Christmas season that are entering it with so many things stacked on their hearts and minds, the things that don't make sense, it doesn't make sense that this happened and this happened and this happened. Isn't this supposed to be a good season? But I need you to know something tonight, and I'm here to declare to you on the eve of Christmas that there is a peace that is transcendent, that is found in Jesus. It goes beyond our understanding when we don't get it, and it doesn't make sense, and life doesn't add up. We have a peace in Christ. We have a peace in Christ. This is the peace that we have in and through Jesus. A peace that surpasses our understanding. It's a peace that resides in us no matter the situation or the circumstance. It is a peace that calms even in the toughest of storms. It is the peace that strengthens us when we are at our weakest. It is the peace that gives us confidence even when the diagnosis is life-changing. It is the peace that brings us help when the relationship has officially ended. It is the peace that brings us hope when it seems that everything is hopeless. It is the peace that brings light when it seems as everything has gone dark. It's the peace, and it's transcendent. I love the idea that this peace that we have in Christ is magnanimous to surpass all understanding. I mean, think about that. There's a lot of things that, that surpass my understanding. <laughs> I'm slow on the uptake. There's many, many times where I'll say this, and maybe, maybe especially guys in the house, you'll say it with me, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. understanding in this Christmas season, you may be facing your beyond understanding. Across all of our services this evening, there's going to be hundreds of people that may be facing their beyond understanding. Come on, this year I've faced some moments that were beyond my understanding. And I've come to find out that it's the peace of Christ, the transcendent peace found in Christ surpasses all understanding that I can anchor my hope in. Come on, everybody, shout number three. The third thing that peace is, is the peace of God is a protective peace. I love that one. I'm a dad. I got two daughters and a son. My son's getting to the age where I feel like I have to, I, I don't have to protect him as much. But my daughters, especially my middle daughter, are getting to the age where I realize that the protective nature of a father is going to come into play more and more. 
So I was shopping the other day and trying to finish up all the, all the Christmas stuff. And, and uh, I was in this particular store looking for a gift for Erica. And, and the lady says to me, she starts out, she's like, man, your daughter is beautiful. And I was like, yeah, she is. She's absolutely amazing. And then she looks at my daughter and says, don't ever start putting makeup on. And I was like, girl, preach. We're having church right now. Come on. And then she's like, wait as long as you can to date. And I was like, 45 is the rule in our house. It's the rule in the parish household. It was in that moment that I started to kind of feel this protective nature starting to come out once again. And I've got these two beautiful daughters. And it's like, man, I, 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 I dread the day that a young man comes doting upon my daughter. And because it's going to be like a scene at a bad boys at my house. And, and don't judge me. Yes, I've seen the movie. But come on, i got to learn this somewhere. And so... here's the problem that we face though for many of us we don't know whose we are and so we wander this earth and we wander through life and our situations and our circumstance not understanding that there's a peace on behalf of God that is protective in nature but when we understand whose we are and who's defending us and protecting us and guiding us and wanting the best for us all of a sudden everything changes I've got someone that's got my back it's a protective peace it's a protective peace and it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The New American Commentary says this of this peace. The word is guard. And it's a military term implying that peace stands on duty <laughs> to keep out anything that brings frustration and fear. This is the peace that we have in Christ. It's not a passive peace. It's a peace that is active and engaged. And I think so many times we simply see and experience Jesus as a fairy tale or character and a good story. But he is so much more than that. What he offers us is so much more than that. We're not alone on this journey. Come on, if you hear anything out of this Christmas Eve service tonight, you're not alone on this, on this journey. We are cared for. We are loved. We are looked out for. We are protected and we are kept. However, many of us cannot reconcile this issue. We cannot reconcile this truth with the reality of our lives. Can we be honest tonight? Because we see and feel the opposite. However, I've come to realize that most of my experience with the peace found in Christ only came once I understood that it was actually there. Because for many of us, tonight's the first night that we're ever realizing, oh, I actually have peace in Christ. I'm protected in Him. The gospel, the good news, Advent, the coming of Jesus offers us everything that we've been looking for. Yeah, it wasn't nicely wrapped and placed under a tree, but rather it was given in the cover of night, clothed in scandal, shrouded in contention, but branded by faith. It was the gift of peace in and through grace, the gift of God that is only found in and through faith. It's not in what we can do or earn or produce, attend or serve. It is found in Jesus, nothing more and nothing less. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, He gave freely to a wrecked and ruined world simply because of one thing, He loved us. He loved us. That's the good news. I'm excited tonight. By the way, I shout all the time. So if you're a guest, 
zero to ten. That's what we do here. But here's why. Because when you know how much you've been loved, when you know how much you are loved, and when you know what is found in that love, you've got nothing else to do but to say it and spray it. So Christmas Eve, welcome. It's good to have you here. Listen, his peace is not the removal of trials in our lives. It is the strength, guard, and protection to make it through this life no matter what the trial. For some of us here this evening, this is your last ditch effort to pull together some sort of semblance of a good Christmas. Maybe this Christmas represents a lost job or a lost loved one. Maybe this Christmas represents all the things that you believed were possible yet have never panned out. Maybe this Christmas represents belief lost and you're here tonight hoping that something gives you the awe and the wonder that you once had as a child. <laughs> Stand in awe of Jesus. He didn't have to, but he did. I mean, as a parent, when my kids do something that they don't have to, and I see them do it, it's the greatest gift ever given. When they clean their room on their own accord and they don't want anything from me, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus didn't have to, but he did. He didn't have to, but he did. This is Christmas. The last one is this. Come on, everybody shout number four as we land this plane. Number four, the peace of God is a functional peace. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, this is a great, great verse to recite on the freeway. If there are any, any, anything, if there is excellence, there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, watch what he says. He says, practice these things. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now it's interesting that Paul would insert two moments of peace within this scripture. And I love it because I call them the bookends of peace. And this is what Paul is saying. You have peace in Christ. It is freely given and it is yours in him. When you say yes to him, there's nothing that can change that. It is in faith. And it's not because of what you do. It's all because of who he is. I have peace. That's the first bookend. But at the same time, I've got peace when I practice some things. And so what Paul is saying is when I know what I have in him and when I practice some things that are authored him, all of a sudden my life is bookended by peace. I can reside in peace, enjoy peace, and do life in peace. In other words, it is a peace that should rearrange our lives. The way that we think, feel, perceive, and believe. Think about this. Paul lists for us the peace that accompanies a mind that is set on things that are true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Come on, all the married couples tonight. Come on, there's some things. Just implement it in our jobs, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our relationships, if there's anything, anything worthy of praise. Come on, how many of you know in life sometimes you gotta look really hard for something worthy of praise, right? There's like that little tiny thing. But if we can do that, we experience 
peace. That does not mean that if we stop thinking on these things that the peace of God disappears. Remember, it's ultimately in and through Jesus. It just means that we can bookend our life within the experience that we have with Jesus and then making it the systematic approach of our lives. I'm not always good at it. I can think on the bad things sometimes, the frustrating things sometimes, the horrible things sometimes. Man, you turn on the news and it's quickly an exercise on the opposite of this scripture. But as for me and my house, we've decided to focus on these things. So tonight, everybody should have received a candle as you walked in. And ask everybody just to stand in this moment. Tonight is not about the pageantry of a service. For many of us, we've seen that, been there, done that. I apologize tonight that there are not lambs and camels in our service or angels swinging from the ceiling. But in the, uh, but in the overall tone of this series, we decided just to bring it back to the one place that it should always get brought back to, Jesus simplicity of it all, the generosity of it all, the contentment in it, and the peace of the authors. And so tonight, we're going to light this first candle. And as we do this, this is why we light our candles tonight, to represent the peace that we have in and through Jesus. And as we light the candle of the person next to us, We are signifying that we are called not only to have peace, but to practice peace. That we are called to bring peace to the world around us, no matter where we find ourselves at this year. 